passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, we are back at Post Wrestling, and joining us today, they are the co-executive producers, co-creators of Dark Side of the Ring. We've had the pleasure of having Evan Husney on several times and his first tour of duty here at Post Wrestling, Jason <laughs> Eisner. We've got the whole crew here uh, as we are just uh, days away from the season three premiere of Dark Side of the Ring Thursday, May the 6th, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, first of all, Jason, it's great to uh, finally speak with you about the series. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Not that it isn't a pleasant surprise, as always, to have Evan with us as well. So, Evan, it's great to have you back as well. Uh, I wanted Thank to you. start off uh, just with this, uh, the past uh, season, with you guys having the opportunity to look back through the Confidential uh, Roundtable series. For you, Jason, like being so in the weeds with so many of these different episodes, what was it like to kind of go back and revisit some of these episodes and maybe certain aspects that jump out at you that at the time you're just so focused on each episode and on to the next one that this was a chance to kind of reflect on on some of the past editions? Yeah, well, even when we did the the confidential thing, it was right after I shot the first block of reenactments for season three. And so I just finished this like crazy <laughs> intense shoot. And done the quarantine and everything, and then sent to Philly to do the, <laughs> those confidential episodes. And we only had two days to shoot all of them. And so Evan and Conrad and I were in studio just going 12 hours, you know, both days is nonstop. But it was like, it was cool because that had been something we always wanted to do. Like, yeah. we always had all this like cut material. Like, there's so much, like, for every episode you know, we're interviewing everyone for like three to four hours. So you can only imagine the amount of content, sure. you know, we have to lose just because we got to get it down to 44 minutes per episode. So, um, yeah, like it was just, you know, such a cool way for us to be able to, uh, you know, re reveal uh, some of that material and get to, you know, talk about the process of making the episodes and what it's kind of like for us. Like we try to, with every episode, give the viewer an experience that is kind of similar to how Evan and I uh, have discovered the stories or how information was kind of given to us. We try our best to kind of tell the stories in a way that um, is 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 like the way that Evan and I experience them. So, yeah, it's just cool to kind of be able to 
you know, really give people a full perspective of what it's like to make Dark Side of the Ring. Are, are you finding a lot more reaction to some of the earlier episodes the second time that they're being broadcast? Are you finding <clears throat> a different audience that's watching this right now than before? Yeah, I, 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 I definitely notice it on, on social media. Um, people go, it, like, I think especially season one, like kind of going back and, you know, I've definitely seen some uh, some folks out there talk about the Gino episode. You know, is one of our one of our personal favorites, and and uh, the Von Erics. I kind of felt that people kind of rediscovered that one too, and and that was that was that was just awesome. And like Jason said, you know, there's so much deleted scene material, and we've been going nonstop for the past four and a half years or whatever, five years now <laughs> we've been with the show. That like there's never been a chance for us to actually edit one deleted scene. Like there's never been a time period for that to occur. So. This is the perfect excuse for like a team to be brought in to do some of that for us, um, but yeah, it's 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 just been a blast. And Conrad's, you know, he's he's awesome, and yeah, it's it's been and, and to do it at the ECW Arena too. Uh, my first time ever in the the, the the sacred grounds of the ECW Arena, so that was just a cool th- like fan thing, you know. A few days ago, we got the full list of subjects that are going to be tackled in season three. I'm kind of curious about the, the process that that you two are are going through with your team as well. Like, how much of a list is these whittled down from, and what are some of the 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 more important elements that you assign to topics that get them through the whole vetting process of what finally gets the green light at the end? Yeah, it's like uh, after season two was done um, and we were uh, in talks with Vice about a season three, I was totally blindsided by the fact that they wanted to do 14 episodes. I was kind of like, huh, are you sure? 14? <laughs> you know, because that's, that's pretty much like doubling the amount of episodes that had exist to that at that point. Um, and so it was just like, whoa, that that's a lot that we're going to have to cover, you know, a lot of different stories. And we, we you know, the last thing Jason and I want is to commit to a story, you know, that's that's not that that's not deserving of that hour that doesn't have that sort of human element. You know, like we're all about that, making sure that any story we cover has to transcend the wrestling fan bubble. You know, we want it to be, you know, f- you know, engrossing to n- other audiences as well. So uh, the process was literally just like, okay, we had a giant list, very, very, very large list of stories, a lot of suggestions from fans, and just sort of considering each of them and like not only just who you get to talk about it, but yeah, like what is that element, that tangible human interest angle, and obviously if it can sustain the hour, and if the access is there, like can you get like someone from the inner circle of said story to really, you know open up about it and can you all and also we want to mix in kind of like episodes like fmw and things like that like those are the ones that we want to do just because you know come on like fmw you know so like (laughs) things as fans that we want to see out there too so it it was kind of a mixture of both of those uh things and i think like the season premiere episode brian pillman like it like kind of like i think it was a i'm not sure if it was last year or the year before the crazy like a fox came out the book yeah which was so great. I remember actually reading that on the road. I can't remember which season it was, but I was reading the book on the road and just like, this is an episode, this is an episode. Like as I was turning the pages, like it was just, I could see it come to life almost um, in, t- in terms of just the depth of, you know, all the the story beyond the wrestling side of it, the family stuff and the, and the Kim Wood stuff and all that. And so we had s- talked about it even for season two. And then it was like, um, I think after the success of season two is like, okay, maybe we can get Steve Austin to like come on the show. And, and thankfully we, we were, and it seemed like everything clicked into place. And then that story 
is just the perfect um it checks all of our criteria it has the blurred lines aspect it has a yeah who are you in real life where does your character stop like that whole thing it has the con the family consequences of this like and the drama behind that and also just an unsung talent in the ring a guy who you know really does should be considered one of the more you know catalysts for the whole attitude era so it's just like perfect and then everything kind of clicked into place after we're like pillman's at the top and then everything else kind of clicked in from there you know i'm curious to know like now that you're coming back for a third season you've established the the brand of the show uh do you feel more freedom in being able to navigate topics that you know might not necessarily garner that initial kind of spark of interest from the audience yeah, I think uh, it's it's definitely allowed us to be able to pick some um, topics that uh, maybe, you know, uh, wrestling fans or wrestling historians might not know a lot about. And those are really exciting for us, you know, because we are huge wrestling fans. And, and so to be able to do an episode about Johnny K-9, a.k.a. Bruiser Bredlam, you know, who was like a jobber in the WWF, but he, you know, was alleged to be involved you know, with uh, a, a police station bombing in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, and, uh, you know, some other crazy, you know, he was possibly linked to, you know, people thought he was involved with a murder as well. And so it's like this really crazy story that I, you know, I've never really heard. I've heard, you know, you've heard rumblings about the character, uh, Johnny K-9, but uh, it's kind of like, you know, the episodes, uh, you know, for us on season two, the Herb Abrams story and the story of UWF was <laughs> a big deal for us because we didn't really know a lot going into it. There wasn't a lot of information. It was hard to do research, but you heard rumors and these really crazy stories. <laughs> and so, you know, we kind of took a gamble and a chance on, you know, uh, investigating that story. So, yeah, there are there's definitely, a you know, there's a bunch in this season that... Yeah. Um, we probably wouldn't have gotten through the door on season one and season two, but I think uh, now we've, you know, we've just, we've gained a lot of trust and uh, the network uh, trusts us, you know, to uh, p- pitch stories that we think that will, um, that will uh, attract an audience. And yeah. You think mm-hmm. at all, maybe not like a hard and fast rule, but do you find Evan through a lot of the sit down interviews that when you have the passage of time, that a lot of the interview subjects, they're going to be much more reflective, much more open, like a plane ride from hell, for instance. It'd be very hard mm. to do that story in 2003, 2004. Now, so many years removed, you have less connection to the company that these people, I think, can now look back on it. And with that reflection, I, I think, share a lot more stories. Is that a, a theme or pattern <clears throat> that you noticed? Yeah, it's very true. Um, you know, we don't typically cover that many contemporary stories you know or or, you know fresh things actually the nick gage story this season will be our most contemporary story and it's interesting because it was a new challenge for us in that um you know here we're kind of capturing a snapshot of nick gage right now almost in a way you know like here's all the things he's been through as a wrestler and where what he's able to overcome and navigate but the story's not finished yet you know and for us it's like Nine times out of ten, the stories we tell, like there is a very clear point into which it ends, you know, and with Nick, it's still going, you know, and there's even other episodes I feel like in the season that have that quality. Um, and that's interesting to us because that's a that's a new challenge. And you're right with Plane Ride. Like, I can't imagine that story being told in during when, you know, when it unfolded, because I think that culture has changed so much uh, since that uh, incident went down. And it, I think the way in which 
as fans, we've heard about that story for so many years as like, oh, here's this like kind of funny, haha, debaucherous thing in the sky that occurred. And, you know, like it's almost out of a Scorsese movie or something. But then like you actually, you know, with the benefit of hindsight uh, and like as you as you were saying, like, you know, there's time, the passage of time. We're like, well, actually, this was a whole this was a horror show. <laughs> you know, this is bad, you know. And so. um, So, yeah, I think that is interesting. And I think that does help. You know, um, you know, in terms of telling these stories, you know, in terms of having some uh, having some perspective. What's it been like for you to trying to put the show together in in the midst of a pandemic? It definitely it has its challenges, um, but you know, it's yeah. At the very beginning, it was like a little daunting, like you know, to do fourteen episodes and travel like all across yeah. you know the country and everything, um, but. We just, I guess, you know, we've, we've, we've learned like every protocol that you probably could like for, um, production and we still, you know, it's still always an ongoing learning thing, you know? Um, but it definitely caused for some challenges and, you know, we had to, Evan and I, you know, you on season one, we were, you know, and two yeah. were like living together. We're mm-hmm. constantly <laughs> nonstop, like, you know, side by side, you know, working on the show which we haven't been able to do. Like I'm in Canada and he's in the States. So, you know, Evan's been shooting a lot of the interviews in the States. And then I've been doing a lot of the reenactment stuff here in like Canada. And then we, we just have to all kind of jam as a team online kind of zoom what we're yeah. doing here, you know? And, yeah. uh, and this is, yeah, but it's work. Yeah. It's like, it, I was scared yeah. at first, but I, we really made it work. It's really interesting. Cause yeah, like, you know, like you were saying, Jason, like, yeah, we would be in the trenches together, like filming all these interviews and doing all the travel and being just driving ourselves crazy. And this, I think it's like forced us to kind of reinvent not just the pandemic protocols, but just kind of enforce us to re- deconstruct the process of how the show is made. Because it was very important to us, like, OK, we're doing 14 episodes. There's a middle of this global crisis. And the last thing we want, I mean, we want to be safe. That's number one. But we don't want to sacrifice the quality of the show. Like, it's not worth doing. We'll wait, you know for when this, you know, we, we don't want this quality of the show. We don't want to do interviews over zoom. We don't want to, you know, blah, blah, blah. we want the show to be the same show. So it was kind of like a learning process in that and doing that, but also forced us to kind of deconstruct like how we work as a team and kind of like, yeah, divide and conquer. And like, you know, we don't have to be in the edit rooms over shoulders and, you know, and like things like this. And, it, and it's, it's really allowed us like kind of a new way to make the show that I think is much, I would say more, uh, sustainable you know for our own you know <laughs> mental you know because we're just going 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 and i think i think that's been really cool to, for us just to, to kind of look at it and approach it in a different way some some of the topics you must have had to do interviews internationally right was there yeah. much travel oh, yeah. that you've had to do there is the yeah borders? there are, there are some interviews we did in japan and you know evan and i it was like we thought oh if we made you know a successful show wrestling show you know, after season two, it was like our dream was like we're going to go to Japan and we're going to finally get to go. And that was the goal. The interviews there, interviews there, and um, but you know, the pandemic happened. But we still wanted to tell some of these stories, so we were able to uh, create a team in Japan that we were able to. Do yeah, that. and it worked. Yeah, we were able to like Skype in. Yeah, and- yeah it worked. Awesome. Like I, I, you know. Uh, talk about, you know, getting probably one of the biggest legends we've ever had on the show. You know, we had a Tony Onoki on the show, you know, which was so cool. Um, 
And, you know, we had to do the interview, did the interview remotely. We had the crew down there in Japan and it was just like a different experience because, you know, he can, the way that it has to work is like, he can see me, but I couldn't see him. And it was like this different experience of trying to connect, you know, in an interview that way. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, we had, you know, we had to do it, had to still get it. So those are the kind of the most more extreme examples of things we had, you know, cause we'd like to have been there, you know, but, um, yeah, we were still able to do it. I'm sure this question, it could go beyond wrestling, but you know, it, we're in the midst of A&E rolling out their series of biographies. And I don't know if either of you have gotten a chance to see any of them. I'm curious yeah. if you two can sit down and you can watch them by turning off the the mindset that you guys are as document documentarians or can you flip that switch and just watch it as a regular documentary i'm kind of interested in that process now that you're you're so many episodes deep and you guys are i think for many people like the standard when it comes to wrestling documentaries now well um i mean for me it's hard to watch to watch it you know like objectively in that way, I guess. Like I, I've only seen the Steve Austin one because I, I uh, as a, the time I had to 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 check that out, which I which I liked. I mean, you know, obviously it's a different type of uh, approach to a wrestling story. Like to me, it's very you know, it's it's a biography. It's very you know, we don't tend to approach our uh, episodes in a biographical sense. You know, maybe it's just kind of it's more like thesis based or more like, uh, you know, getting a snapshot of this person, you know, or, or like a portrait of a person rather than here's the A to B to Z, to, you know, and um, and and which is fine. It's just different styles. Um, but that, you know, was very heavily focused on the wrestling end of Steve's career, which as a fan, you know, is, is great. But the thing that really interests me and stood out to me was just the you know, that there I, there is a lot in Steve's life, you know, more on the emotional side of things that I'm sure would have been interesting to touch in or touch on, you know, in his career. Um, you know, but for me, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm really interested to see, I have no idea what the ultimate warrior, I think this is where you're going with this, but the ultimate <laughs> warrior story that they're doing. I mean, we didn't know that they were doing it and I don't think they knew we were doing it. So it's going to be interesting to see like, you know, um, how that, how that plays out. Well, well let me just flat out ask, like, do you feel that, you can tell the ultimate warrior story when there is a WWE involvement where you know that there is, they honor this man once a year. And can you tell yeah. the full 360 degree story? I do feel that regardless that people are going to be looking for your story, that it's going to cover a lot more uh, because of the areas you can go. Yeah. I think, um, I think for me, it's like uh, the ultimate warrior actually as a story is not one that I probably would have, arrived at on my own as a dark side of the ring episode. Um, it, it was really kind of just like seeing when we asked uh, our followers on social media, like, what do you want to see in the upcoming season? And it was like, there was a lot of ultimate warrior demand, you know? And I was kind of like, okay, how, what's the, how, like, what, what, what aspect of that are we really going to get into for the show? Um, and I didn't really see it until, um, cause you know, obviously there's a lot of documentaries about the ultimate war here, right. you know, and, and, and different, his career has been chronicled in many different ways. And, um, and he is a contentious figure, you know, in wrestling, it's like, you know, it, I think it's, 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 a, it's, it's a challenge to find wrestlers, uh, outside of the company that maybe have like a positive image of him. Um, but for me, it all kind of clicked when we met, uh, Sherry Tyree, who is ultimate warriors, you know, first wife, 
And, uh, and then it was, it almost kind of became more her story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what viewers can kind of expect is it's like, um, you know, he, she met Jim Helwig as a, you know, he was a very, you know, muscular guy, but he was a chiropractor. He was a guy that was, they, they were going to live a very grounded, normal life together, you know, and they sat down, they got married. And then all of a sudden, you know, J- Jim's, you know, drive to want to be in the spotlight, you know, took them into his professional bodybuilding career. And then, then of course that dovetailed into meeting Sting and then, you know, and then now they're kind of on this roller coaster ride very fast, mind you, his rise from, you know, Dingo Warrior and Blade, Blade Runners all the way to Ultimate Warrior is very fast in wrestling. And I think that that it's kind of the experience of as a family member kind of being on the side of that while also we wanted to try and tell, um, you know, Jim's story in a way that just humanized him as much as possible. Um, because, you know, we were getting a lot of negativity about him, you know, from the people that we were talking to, but it's like, okay, well, there's gotta be something just more than that. I feel like, you know, like what's, what is the human side of him that makes him tick? And that was something that Sherry was really, uh, interested in wanting to provide was let's ground him and talk about him as a well-rounded individual, like it is an individual, you know? And so that's kind of the way that we tried to approach it, even though I will say it was challenging. As we wrap up here, uh, what, what is the episode that each of you are most interested in seeing the audience react to this season? Oh. It's like, uh, like I was saying when we, when we first hopped on, I was kind of saying, it's like, they're not all finished yet. You know, so like the first four episodes are, are, are delivered. They're ready to rock. You know, we're actually finishing up uh, for the next four in the next week, I think, hopefully, knock on wood. And then and then we have the back, you know, seven or whatever, six or seven to, to really finish up. So it's unfair to all the episodes to, you know, because we have to still see, you know, uh, how they how they wind up at the end of the day. But yeah, I don't know. But for me, Johnny K9's top is high on the list because. I, I just love those like deep cut stories where, you know, we're learning as we're going kind of thing. Um, uh, Dynamite Kid, I think in particular as an episode, um, like I, I, I've, I've watched the last few edits of it. You know, it's almost done. And just, wow, very, very powerful uh, episode. I'm very excited to see uh, people react to that. Um, and obviously just, it's hard, it's hard not to say the ultimate warrior, you know, just because of the two <laughs> dueling, the, the, you know, the new, uh, Monday night wars with the documentary, <laughs> dueling documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I just saw, like, we just saw like a rough cut of the plane ride from hell episode and that. Oh, true. Like I put it on late, like the other night, like I was so exhausted and then I turned it on. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, Hooked. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so, Ripping. yeah, like, even you know, even just <clears throat> being involved, like, and then just seeing that story, I just, you know, it, it had been something that we've been thinking about since the beginning of, you know, the creation of the show. It's like the Plain very Man beginning Hell story has always been pitched to us. So to like to now see it is like, oh, my God. But I'm yeah. really excited right now because I'm just I'm working on it right now is like the Grizzly Smith story, because if that's right, if you remember when you watch uh, Beyond the Mat and um, when you hear that story that Jake Snake Roberts tells about um, his relationship with his father mm-hmm. and what happened to his sister um, who uh, was kidnapped and um, allegedly murdered. And Jake talks about that just for like a split moment in that documentary 
but it always had fascinated us. It's always been something like, whoa, what is that story? Like we never, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts or like other documentaries don't really like get into that. And that's got to be like a, a source of trauma that has leaked its way into the ring. And so um, for, you know, we go into that. We go deep into that story. So that, I think, is going to be interesting for people to see. And also, you know, his family, uh, he comes from a family of wrestlers. And people don't, I think wrestling fans forget that or don't really know. You know, his sister was Rockin' Robin and his brother was Sam Houston and his father being Grizzly Smith. And so, you know, when we, we tell stories about the Hart family being this wrestling dynasty and the Guerreros and the Von Erics, But, you know, now people are going to see the, you know, the, the Smith family story. Yeah. It's definitely one of the more intense episodes we've created, for yeah, sure. It is, uh, yeah. It's definitely one of the, you know, um, like, I'm, like, again, you know, we always try and find the light at the end of the tunnel or the thing that, you know, the purpose for unearthing these wounds, you know, like like uh, with with Benoit, we found that purpose in the family reconnecting and uh, and the catharsis for people who haven't had the platform to talk about it before. And I think with uh, Grizzly Smith, it's really in that, you know, the journey that Jake has been on and getting sober. He's been sober for 10 years now. And, uh, you know, Robin also is sober and she's battled a lot of addictions as well. And uh, I mean, they all have. And I think that their main purpose for wanting to do this when we had the idea of like, let's do a Smith family story, they really just wanted to do it uh, as a way to give back and to help people who have gone through similar traumas in their childhood or who have experienced addictions. It was very much about like, let's, let's, let's help and let's try to make some positive out of this. So that being said, it is just definitely one of the darker journeys you're going to go on on season three, for sure. Season three, it all kicks off with the two hour Brian Pillman season premiere next Thursday May the 6th, 9 p.m. Eastern on Vice TV. Uh, Jason, Evan, uh, it's great to uh, sit down and chat with you guys about season season three. We wish you all the best uh, coming Thank up. Thank you. And congratulations uh, on you know the success of the series already and what is ahead, because this is a wide range of subjects uh, coming up in season three. Thank awesome. you so much, Thank guys. You. Appreciate it.